Welcome to the Discover True Treasure Podcast. I'm your host, Angela. Welcome to season two. This season's theme is Life Lessons from Proverbs and Ecclesiastes. During last week's episode, we finished part two of our study on the importance of wisdom and how getting wisdom is the most important thing we can do. That was life lesson number one. During today's episode, we are going to talk about life lesson number two, which is that wealth does not bring true happiness. Okay, I hope you're ready to study the Word of God. Let's begin. Okay, so let me say that I know it can be uncomfortable to talk about money, especially in church. And there's some people who don't want to hear any teaching or sermon about money in the church. But the truth is money is a huge part of our everyday lives. We deal with matters concerning money all the time. Every time we make a purchase, every time we budget, every time we choose to save, plan for our future, plan for retirement. We deal with money every day and we should talk about it. You know, the Bible has a lot to say about money and Jesus talked about money. So our attitude towards money matters. And when we search the scriptures, we will find that having a wise attitude Now, this is wise according to God's wisdom. A wise attitude towards money can be a blessing, can be a benefit. But having a worldly attitude towards money can cause us to face many sorrows. So let's dive into the word of God and allow the Holy Spirit to teach us about God's perspective about money. So let's begin our study by reading today's anchor text, which is, it's a little long, it's about five verses, and it's from Ecclesiastes chapter five, and it's verses 10 through 15. And I'm going to read these verses from the New Living Translation. Those who love money will never have enough. How meaningless to think that wealth brings true happiness. The more you have, the more people come to help you spend it. So what good is wealth, except perhaps to watch it slip through your fingers? People who work hard sleep well, whether they eat little or much, but the rich seldom get a good night's sleep. There's another serious problem I have seen under the sun. Hoarding riches harms the saver. Money is put into risky investments that turn sour and everything is lost. In the end, there is nothing left to pass on to one's children. We all come to the end of our lives as naked and empty-handed as on the day we were born. We can't take our riches with us. Wow, that was a lot. Okay, so let's unpack these scriptures a little bit. And verse 10, it says that those who love money will never have enough. And it says that it is meaningless to think that wealth brings true happiness. So let me start out by saying that we as believers in Jesus Christ, we are not to covet money. 
We're not to love money. Um, let me go to first Timothy, first Timothy chapter six, verse 10. And let me read this from the King James version. It says for the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Look at that. The love of money is the root of all evil. Let that sink in. I know this is a popular verse, but let's just think about this. Look at how perverted, how evil it is to love money. It is the root of all evil, not some evil, all evil. So right away, we see that we are not to love money. We're not to love it. We're not to covet it. Because if we as believers covet money, this scripture makes it plain. It tells us that doing so, you err from the faith and you will find yourself pierced with many sorrows. So we see right away, money does not bring happiness. In fact, the opposite is true. Loving money will bring sorrow. Only Jesus Christ can give us true contentment. And unfortunately, there are so many people in this world who actually believe that if they just earned a certain amount of money, if they just accumulated a certain amount of wealth, they would be happy. And so we see it in our culture. People work hard. They hustle, as they say, to uh, reach this monetary goal. But when they reach that goal, something strange happens. They find that they're not content. They still feel empty inside. And they foolishly believe, unfortunately, that the reason they're not happy is because, oh, maybe I didn't set a high enough monetary goal. Maybe I need to earn a higher salary. Maybe I need to uh, accumulate more wealth from my investments to really be happy. And before you know it, you find these people caught in a never ending and futile cycle of living their lives chasing after money. And we as believers, we don't want to do that. Amen. That's not the life that God wants us to live. And you know, I believe the truth is that money is only a blessing to those who have wisdom. And I believe this because when you have the Lord's wisdom, you understand how to use money as a tool. You are not chasing after money. You believe that money is to be used as a blessing to bless your family, to bless different ministries, to bless people in your community, to be a blessing. So when we have the Lord's wisdom, we use money in a way that pleases the Lord. Amen. Okay, so let's move on to verse 11. And verse 11 tells us that the more money you have, the more people come to help you spend it. <laughs> we know that's true. <laughs> you know, there's no doubt about it. 
money attracts people who love and covet it and covet it. And, um, you know, there's a, there's a scripture in the book of Proverbs, uh, Proverbs chapter 14, verse 20, that says that the rich have many friends. And you know that friends, little air quotes here, quote unquote friends, because they're they're not true friends. Uh, You know, when you have money, you will find that people will flock to you, want to hang out with you, but they're not doing it because they, they are your true friends. They just want you to spend your money on them. So when you have a lot of money, people, I love how plainly this verse says it, the more people will come to help you spend it. Now, verse 12 tells us that people who work hard sleep well. And I believe it doesn't matter how much money they make. It doesn't matter if they have a little or a lot. Because when they go to sleep, they sleep well because they know that they have put in an honest day's work. So they have that satisfaction of a job well done. And so they sleep well. But this scripture says that the rich, on the other hand, seldom get a good night's sleep. And so why would the rich seldom get a good night's sleep? I think we can infer here that this is talking about people who are worried about their riches, worried about maintaining their wealth, worried about even accumulating more wealth. So if you are an unbeliever and you are wealthy, most likely you're not getting a good night's sleep if your heart is set on your riches. Now, of course, believers can be wealthy. There are wealthy believers, very wealthy believers. But the difference is that when you are a believer and your heart is set on the Lord, of course, you can get a good night's sleep because you you don't set your heart on your riches. You don't trust in uncertain riches. You trust in the Lord. So this, this verse is not talking about, of course, believers in Jesus Christ who have their hearts set on the Lord. It's talking about people whose focus, uh, their attention is on money. Okay, so moving on to verse 13, we see that Hoarding riches harms the saver. Now, how can hoarding riches harm you? Well, I believe that when a person hoards riches, I believe that what sets in is selfishness, greed, fear, fear of losing it, anxiety anxiety about protecting it, of whether or not it's enough. I believe that all of these harmful emotions, harmful thought patterns are the result of hoarding riches. And that's how hoarding riches harms the saver. Now, I also believe that the opposite is true. When you do not hoard riches. It is a blessing to you. And I believe that because our heavenly father is a generous God. He is a giver and we are created in his image and he created us to be givers. I have found 
When I give, it blesses me. It blesses me with a joy that is unspeakable. There is such a wonderful joy in giving. And God blessed us. He created us to be givers. We find that going way back, if we go back to the Old Testament, and we read about how God blessed the children of Israel with manna, he specifically told them to get enough for their family. And it was miraculous the way it was done. Those who needed a lot, it lasted so that all were able to be fed by it. And those with smaller families, they had enough. But what happened when they hoarded the manna is that it ended up becoming rotten and it was useful for nothing. And remember, we're always to have faith in the Lord and not our riches. And when we hoard, we can get this very false sense of security thinking that our money is what protects us from future harm and misfortune, that it is our money that we are to put our faith in. But you know, giving is the antidote for that. Being generous is the antidote. And you know, when you are generous, you will, I have found in my life, you will always have enough. I believe it's one of the Psalms that says, you know, I was young, but now I'm old, but never have I seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging for bread. We do not have to hoard anything because our source is not our jobs, not our investments, not our inheritance. Our source is the Lord. Amen. So let's move on to verse 14. And verse 14 talks about putting money into risky investments that turn sour. And I believe that usually those individuals who want to get rich quick, they are drawn to some risky and say, and can I say shady <laughs> investments? They're, they're drawn to like pyramid schemes and they are typically not attracted to more conservative routes of investing. And I believe it's because they know that these conservative routes take longer. It takes longer for their money to grow exponentially. So they opt for these risky investments that boast of really high returns. And unfortunately, when you turn to such risky investments, you can, end up, you can end up losing your money. And we know that people have lost fortunes because of these pyramid schemes, these shady investment schemes, they've lost fortunes. And this is what happens when you don't have the wisdom of God. This is what happens when you covet and when you love money. Amen. Let's move on to verse 15. 
Okay, so in uh, the last verse here of our anchor text, verse 15, we have here where Solomon reminds us that we cannot take our riches with us. That is the truth. When we leave this earth, we cannot take our money or anything with us. Money is temporary. Money is here to serve us, to be a benefit to us and others. But we are not to be a slave to money. We're not to be a slave to this goal and desire of getting rich and working, just working so much and hustling, you know, like they say, just hustling to, to accumulate wealth. Uh, for what? We cannot take it with us. Amen. So instead of us as believers spending our time and spending our effort on getting more and more money, we know that the Bible tells us that we are to prioritize getting wisdom instead because it's better. During the last two episodes, we've read how the Bible says that getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. It doesn't say getting money is the wisest thing we can do, but people act as if it is. Now, I have to stop and say that, of course, money in and of itself is not bad. Again, it is the love of money that is a problem, a serious problem. There's nothing wrong with having money. So if you are well off, don't feel guilty about it. Enjoy. God's blessings in your life. I mean, we can read in the Bible about men like Abraham, who um, men who were blessed with great wealth. And even Solomon, the author of Ecclesiastes and Proverbs, he was a very, very wealthy man. But the thing is, these men did not seek after wealth. That was not their focus. Their priority was not about obtaining wealth. In fact, Solomon when he was really young and inherited the throne, um, when, when David died, he asked God for wisdom. And God was so pleased that Solomon asked for wisdom. He didn't ask for a long life. He didn't ask for riches. He didn't ask for wealth, any of that. He asked for wisdom. God was so pleased that God made him wealthy. God blessed him with wealth. But the thing is, as I've said before, and I may say this over and over again, when our wealth increases, we are not to set our hearts on it. We are not to trust in uncertain riches. Instead, we are to trust solely in the Lord. Amen. So let me say again that as believers, wisdom is better than money. The book of Proverbs talks about how uh, much better it is to get wisdom than gold and good judgment than silver. And as I mentioned earlier, or as I just mentioned, actually, Solomon asked God for wisdom. Uh, and the Lord was so pleased. Of uh, uh, He was so pleased with Solomon's prayer for wisdom because he wanted to lead the children of Israel with wisdom. And so God not only gave Solomon wisdom, he, he was the wisest man, 
Um, but God also gave him great wealth. But despite of his great wealth, he wrote all of these verses, all of these verses in Proverbs and all of these verses um, being prompted by the Holy Spirit to write all of these verses that wisdom is much better than gold. It's much better than money, than wealth, than riches. He wrote about how wisdom is the most important thing we can do. And I'm telling you, that statement is so contrary to the world's perspective. Because instead of pursuing wisdom, everywhere you turn, people are just talking about money. People are talking about how to get more money. People aren't talking about how to get wisdom. <laughs> I'm sure you know of people in your life, colleagues around you who work extra shifts, who take on extra responsibilities to earn more money, even though they don't really need the extra money. Oftentimes it's about want. Now, granted, of course, there are people truly, truly struggling. And, you know, this financial climate is rough nowadays. We're dealing with this uh, inflation that is something I don't recall ever seeing in my lifetime, this type of inflation. And times are hard for people. So I'm not talking about people who are working, who have a genuine need to take care of themselves and take care of their families. I'm talking about people who are uh, just working their fingers to the bone because they want that bigger house. Not need it. They want that luxury vehicle. Not need it. Uh, they want the designer clothes. Not need it. They want to keep up with the Joneses. And you know, everywhere you look, on social media. People are talking about how to get their hustle on, how to get a side hustle, you know, a side job, <laughs> how to, in other words, just make more money, how to invest. How, and investing in and of itself is not, is not wrong. There's nothing wrong with planning for your, you and your family's future. Uh, but these people are talking about usually living in excess and uh, living by, beyond their means. Um, you don't, you don't find, at least I know I don't, a lot of videos where people talk about living within their means and better yet being content with, with what you have, uh, for godliness with contentment is great gain. Uh, it's a blessing to be content. Now, I'm sure those videos exist, uh, especially if you, you know, look at videos on minimalism and things like that, but you know, they're outnumbered though by this culture, uh, these videos where there's just this culture of an obsession with, with money, an obsession with being wealthy. Now, again, money in and of itself is not good or bad. And money, when used appropriately and when viewed in the right perspective can be a blessing. It can be a benefit. Money can provide us with comfort, with ease, with convenience. There are benefits to having money. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. Um, but the truth is there are things that money cannot do. Things that have an eternal value, uh, Things that are intangible that you cannot 
by. For instance, last week we read that wisdom will cause wise choices to watch over us and wisdom will keep us from evil people and wisdom can save our lives. The Bible tells us that wisdom and money can get us almost anything, but only wisdom can save our life. So we have to make sure that we have money in the proper perspective. Amen. Wow. Okay. I have a lot more to say about this topic, but I am going to break this study up into a part one and a part two. So, so far we've talked about the importance of actually talking about money. We need to talk about money. There's no point in avoiding talking about money. And we talked about having a godly attitude, a godly perspective about money. And of course, we broke down this anchor text where we talked about how money can never bring contentment. It can never bring true happiness. So in next week's episode, I want to continue talking about why money cannot bring true happiness. And I also want to end the episode by discussing uh, some very practical, godly attitudes I believe we should have towards money. Okay, so let's end this Bible study in prayer. Please join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for your priceless gift to us, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who has been made wisdom for us. And Heavenly Father, thank you for giving us a godly attitude towards money. I pray that you will help us to use money in a way that glorifies you. And I pray that you would keep us from coveting money. Protect us, protect our hearts, protect us from the evil allure of chasing after money. And instead, I pray that our hearts would just chase after you. And I pray that we would find our true contentment in Jesus Christ and not in wealth. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I hope you were blessed by today's Bible study. Please join me next week as we will continue talking about life lessons from Proverbs and Ecclesiastes. If you have a prayer request, comment, or question, please leave me a message. I would love to hear from you. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing to the podcast and please share it with others. Until next time, rest in the assurance that you are valuable and dearly loved by our Heavenly Father and the Lord Jesus Christ.